Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi everybody, Russell my Hammers 11, hope you're all safe and well, if you're new to the channel, please consider subscribing, hitting the bell icon so you're made aware of any time we put new content on. Uh, today's video is brought, by, brought to you by our channel sponsors, Untuck It. Make sure you look at the, um, the website description below for your shirt, t-shirts, polo top needs. Um, the shirts particularly are quite good because uh, they're designed to be untucked, hence the name. Um, so little short asses like me, they look good. They actually look good. And uh, with uh, lots of different sizes, 40 different sizes, I think, even the more retundant of us, that sort of lockdown body, which never happened. Um, there's always some good shirts. So keep an eye out for promo codes and stuff we put coming up. Um, today's guest, um, he's a busy man. Um, he's, he's writing a play at the moment, which we'll talk about as well. Uh, it's Mr. Paul Bass. Hi, Paul. How are you, man? Oh, Russ, I'm good, thanks. Thanks for having me on. Pleasure, man. Pleasure, pleasure. Uh, the, the kids are out of the house, so so yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll all talk about West Ham, so it's not too bad. Yeah, because I, I forgot it was half-term, you see. When we uh, were running, and then my wife went, oh, it's half-term. I was like, oh, no. But I know. Yeah, it, it just popped out. So. And half-term with, with lockdown is even worse, isn't it, at the moment? It's just because it's like all the kids' clubs and stuff and, and stuff to do with them is all, uh, mm. all shut down or all sort of exactly. socially distanced. It's just a nightmare. How are you, by the way, apart from... Apart from that, yeah, no, all good. Yeah, just plodding along. You know, we have with the old uh, lockdown where I work, you know, we, we haven't really been affected by it because I mean, I work in food distribution for uh, mm. I won't name the, the company, <laughs> but they're, they're a big supermarket and yeah. um, every little helps. Yeah. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> um, and so it's probably, yeah, you've probably been busy and ever to be honest, yeah. mate. And yeah, to be honest, so yeah, I mean, being cast a key worker now is quite strange. Yeah. Yeah, um, but you know where where we are, you know, we've had a lot of influx of people over the, you know, since sort of March April, um, some temporary, some a bit more long term. Um, yeah, I help with the training now. I do training there, so oh, cool. you know, it's it's good because I like meeting people and you know, yeah, getting to know people and having a bit of a laugh while being serious and teaching them a job as well. So yeah, you know. well, it's one of those things as well. It's like also you know it's it's 
you know, things like human contact and talking to people is something which is a very rarity at the moment. So any yeah. opportunity you can do is great. That's why I do this channel because it means that I talk to different people all the time. Some people I've never met like you before, and it's but we can all talk about West Ham. So it, it's uh, it's 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 a, it's a common thing we can talk about. The same with you guys at at the supermarket. You know, you're yeah. you're in the same bubble so to speak not not that type of bubble but um no i know it's all good but apart from that family well and and, and healthy and safe and stuff yeah all keeping good yeah good yeah. that's good man that's haven't good. driven each other mad just yet no <laughs> no i there was there was about there was a, a about three or four day period i think where we were really really ratty my family with each other we moved my mother-in-law in for that sort of initial lockdown period i think she's coming back soon um and there was like a little bit tetchy, a little bit tetchy. Um, and then I could obviously diffuse the situation by walking off to the garage to do an episode. <laughs> so, so I could, you're in tier yeah. two now? Or? Yeah, we're tier two. Yeah, so we're Essex. So we're in tier two. So we've been tier two since last week, I believe. But um, but yeah, we was in we was glamping the other the other weekend. So in, in Norfolk. So North Norfolk. So um, yeah, that was incredible it was that was not too bad so we sort of socially distance in different tents and good to get away like though and have a bit of different scenery for once. it is yeah it is and yeah although it's pissing it down and it's freezing it was nice and uh you're right it's a bit of fresh air you know obviously we live in obviously in a sit town area so going as i said you know to the coast and just walking around and you know it was it was nice it was nice it was well needed well needed but I mean, um, last this time last week we were getting ready to you know, sort of see the monkeys at Longleat, which was yeah. quite fun. So yeah, we had a couple of days down in Somerset and visited there. So you know, it was um, it was again nice to get away. Yeah, yeah, change of scenery. You know, even more so. You know, yeah. um, and it is it's nice to get away. It's nice to just see something a bit different, 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 uh, different taste of air. Do you know what I mean? It's like you know that sea yeah. air. It's just so different, and you just feel so like. You're still knackered because it knackered you out, and uh, mm. no, I loved it. It was I love the I love Norfolk and the Broads and stuff. It's we go there every year, so we thought we'd do glamping. We usually do caravanning. Um, oh, Paul's dropped out. He's probably got a phone call. There he goes back. Um, yeah, we usually go usually go caravanning, so we went glamping. There we go. Terribly exciting stuff. I'm sure everyone's really riveted by our, my discussion of my of my holiday jaunts to North Norfolk, but um, yeah. a, but 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 West Ham still you know West Ham are keeping us entertained. So yes. you know there's always always something going on with them mm. yeah it's still the soap opera isn't it it's, it change. is no it hasn't it's changed not, it's not as flamboyant maybe as it was in the like you know, the late 90s and stuff with the the characters we had then but you know, we've still got a few dirty dens i suppose yeah and it's, <laughs> it's, it's, all, it's always been the way always been the way paul since i can remember you know it's always been you know west ham's always and that's why i think that's why I think there's so many West Ham YouTube channels because there's always something to talk about. Yeah. You know, I don't know how many channels Southampton have got. You know, it's like you don't hear much about Southampton in the press or anything like that, do you? And um, there's always something to go with us guys. So it's uh, no, it's all good, man. Um, yeah. Um, so um, so anyway, so yeah, it's all it's all good and fun, and um, hopefully we'll have some uh, some more fun to talk about at West Ham's. Loads of stuff coming up, stuff. So it's all good, man. Um, obviously, you've got Liverpool at the weekend, which will be good. Um, and Moyes just seems to be getting a tune out of them, doesn't he? Really, um, yeah. which is which is really good. Um, what are your thoughts on on how Moyes is working stuff like that? I think it was it wasn't it wasn't necessarily a, um, a favourites appointment. You know, but he, he did a job when he was there before, you know, and 
with some of the players, like when we had on out of it under him, he got the best out of him. And he's mentioned do the same with Antonio. Yeah. Uh, which, I mean, if, he is, if he is missing for the game tomorrow, you know, against Liverpool, then we are going to, you know, we will, it will be difficult, even though they've yeah. got their injuries. You know, he, 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 he is our catalyst, you know, he's, he's like our focus. It's sort of, sort of like the, the pivotal point, isn't it, really? If you think about it, it's like everything we do sits around him, doesn't it, really? So, um, but he might not be injured. Who knows? You know, it's it, it, that, that's what I love. That's what I love about this is you just don't know. Um, and that's why I think so much fun about everything at the moment, because, you know, and again, it's, just, it's, 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 it's intrigue, isn't it? There's always something going on with West Ham and that's why, that's why I love it, man. That's why I love it. Um, it's never simple. <laughs> no, 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 no. We never do things easily. But, it, but if we ever did, it wouldn't be West Ham, would it? Wouldn't, it no, wouldn't no. be West Ham. So be like all the others and, you know. Yeah, who wants just, to be like everyone else? Yeah, who, who wants to just finish tenth every year? You know, who, who, you know. I think even if we, even if we end up sort of doing something, uh, you know, finishing tenth, people will moan that we didn't get into Europe, or you know, <laughs> or it was a boring season. But yeah. I could, I wouldn't mind a couple of those ten finishes for a bit. You know, just a bit of stability while you know, we, uh, while we get things going. But Moy seems to be building this sort of there's definitely a project being built you know we've always said about this project you know being built and but there's definitely a project being built you can tell just with the recruitment of the of the coaching staff as well as the players and i'm quite excited of, of how it's going to look i mean you know and um we'll see what happens man but uh when when the games are playing paul do you listen it to the with the crowd noise on or the crowd noise off um usually it's been on to be fair, yeah, because I, I watch it on my phone on old Netflix if I'm and not Netflix now, TV. Sorry, yeah, yeah. If, I'm, if I'm at work and I'm up in the canteen catching a bit of it. Or so like with the Tottenham game the other week, oh, I was I had my lunch and I'm like 3 0 down 20 minutes sitting there for half an hour eating, thinking this is just gonna get worse. Second half, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just, just completely forgetting it. And someone said, I'll oh, check the score, I'm like, oh, I'll be about five or six, and I was like, no way, it's three, always finished. <laughs> so from being like down there, I was like right up in the clouds yeah you know, i was loving it yeah and it's and for me it's like i mean i always i always listen to it when i'm when i'm watching the away games i always listen to it with the crowd noise off because i quite like all the like hearing like moise shout and all the players shout and it's quite interesting to see how people are what people people do in terms of how they're how they're being shouted at and who's the ones that are domineering who's the ones that are shouting and cool. sort of trying to get the team in and you know, it surprises me. I mean, Oggy does a lot of shouting, um, and and there's Deck as well, which is great, which we all assumed he would do. Um, but it's all good games. But uh, no, I love it. And as I said, long may it continue, man. Long, long may this sort of run continue because it's a, uh, it's uh, it's it's surprising people, isn't it? I mean, when the fixture list came out, we were like, oh god, we were all in depression because the first seven or eight games, and. Uh, yeah, it's, it's all right. It's all we're getting, but then that's always the way with West Ham. It's, it's not it's necessarily. The West Ham way it is, yeah. If our seven, if our first seven games were Burnley, Sheffield United, Fulham, West Brom, we would probably have no points mm. just because it's the West Ham way. But uh, <laughs> no, it's right. all good, man. Yeah, right. So we see the shirt. We know we're talking about West Ham. The first question I always ask is, why is West Ham your club, Paul? What's your story, man? Well, basically, when I was, because I'm a bit older than you. <laughs> no, like, experience. I, You're more experienced than me. Yeah, Paul. but when I was growing up, on, I mean, I've, I've I've born in Kent. We have lived in London for a bit, but my dad's from Whitechapel. Yeah, so I've got I've got uh, East London in my blood. But um, you know, when I was a kid, it was like Keegan was the man that I used to 
at my age, I was like four or five years old or whatever, and he was in his pomp at Liverpool. Yeah. Then he, then he went to SV Hamburg. I'm like, how'd you follow them? Because <laughs> it, it's not like nowadays you can get any any result or watch games in any, anywhere nowadays. Kind yeah. of hard stuff, but you know, back then you couldn't. So it was sort of followed him a bit, and he was Southampton. Um, then he went up to Newcastle. I'm like, oh, I'm never going to get to see him now. And then my brother Steve, my second oldest brother, he, he's West Ham. He said, yeah. well, come and, come and follow us. And this was the last um, game of 81-82 season. I think yeah. we lost 2-1 at Wolves. <laughs> and um, so, you know, that's kind of my introduction to West Ham. And then the next season, um, he took me to my first game. And it was um, 7th September 1982, which, yeah. funny enough, was Ray Stewart's birthday. And we know how great he was at penalties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we, got, we played Ipswich. And it was one all, but he had a penalty saved. And I was like, no way. Because my brother's like, this man will not miss. And we yeah. were in the old North Bank. Yeah, yeah. Right, right behind the goal for the first half. And um, that's yeah. where it was saved. He went, oh, second half would go right at the top. And we were losing for like what seemed forever. And yeah. then um, um, Frank Lampard, obviously the dad, senior. A yes. great player. And like you, like you said in a few podcasts, doesn't get the mentions because of young Frank. Yeah. Which I think is unfair because it is, know, yeah. I mean, young Frank was a great player, and I can understand why he left. But he got a bit too embroiled in the, you know, the the banter, should we say, from some of our fans who think he wasn't a good player. Good, good way of describing it, banter. Yeah, yeah. banter. I like well, that. So, yeah, yeah. Anyway. so no, Frank Lampard um, scored this cracking volley down at the South Bank end, and obviously it finished one all. Yeah, and I was like to my brother, I was like, "Oh yeah, this is great. I want that kid who went on before. I want. I'd love to do that. What's that?" He went, "Oh, it's the mascot." I said, "Oh, how can I get to do that?" He don't worry. He said, "Don't worry. We'll write a letter, but we'll yeah. pretend to be mum." So he wrote a letter <laughs> to West Ham as my mum, saying, "Oh, my, my youngest boy would love to be a mascot. How much does it cost?" Rah rah rah. Yeah. And about a week later, mum got a letter. What's this all about? I can't afford that. It was like, I don't know, a couple hundred quid or something, which yeah, yeah. she had four of her five boys at home then on her own. <clears throat> so you know, she didn't say she pleaded poverty because it was difficult, but she was like, I can't afford that. So she made a point of writing back to West Ham. And they said, oh, phone us up and we'll sort something. And then they said, oh, um, there's a game against Man City. Your son can come along. He could do everything oh, that a mascot would, apart from go on the pitch and get a kit. But it could all be for free. Oh. She's like, oh, it's against Man City. My oldest son's a Man City fan. Can he come as well? <laughs> and they went, get some more, get some more. Like this. <laughs> and West Ham were just so great back then. And, you know, the epitome of a family club. They just said, yeah, but he won't be able to go in the changing room. Just me. And um, so he went to that. So this is 25th of September, 1982. And obviously I'm dropped into the dressing rooms. I'm, I meet John Lyle. And he gives me this wow. book. He says, if you meet any of these recognise anyone, get their autograph. Yeah. And to this day, I, I don't know how I didn't see his picture in there to get his autograph. It's the one regret I had from that day. That I never yeah. got John Lyle's autograph. But, oh, um, no. So I'm walking around this change room. I'm a nine-year-old kid, you know, all doing their things. And from the Ipswich game, my first player, favourite player was Paul Goddard. Yeah. And um, got him to sign my thing and he put best wishes, good luck and all this. Yeah, and I've still got a book upstairs. Brilliant. Um, and then there's all the other characters. And then my abiding memory of this, I'll try and say it without being too rude. <laughs> it was Billy Bonds doing his pre-match ritual, hanging onto a door frame in his birthday suit, doing his stretching. <laughs> it was quite eye-opening as a kid. But 
No. I mean, I mean that, he, what a player, what a man. No, I yeah. mean, I'll, I'll talk more about him later. But sure. uh, just to be around that, that thing and see these people that I'd only been supporting for a couple of weeks. Yeah, and to what, see him. What other club would do that? And what, one of my one of my brothers, um, Lloyd, was a Tottenham fan at the time. Yeah. And um, after I'd done that, he wrote to Keith Birkinshaw and said, oh, can I get an autograph book signed? And they wrote back saying, oh, if we do it for you, we've got to do it for everyone. Yeah. And that's just the difference between the two clubs, really. It's a different, yeah, yeah. But it's, it's but it's, as you said, it's like, I remember, I remember once I wrote to West Ham, I, I, I made up some, some rubbish about how we had, uh, you know, they needed ball boys. It was before they had, they didn't really, so they never really had ball boys, did they? If I, you know, yeah. so um, I put together a big sort of document about how, why they should have ball boys. Uh, and by the way, me and my brother could be ball boys and, um, <laughs> and say, uh, you know, Arsenal would do really good stuff and yeah, they do this and da-da-da. And to be fair, they they did write back. The chairman wrote back to me and said, uh, "Yeah, you know, yeah, thank you very much. Unfortunately, you know, it's not really something we can do. Um, but uh, yes, thank you anyway. Um, but at least they, they took the time to write back to you me. Put you your know details I mean? on file. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Keep your details on file because you know, a few years later, they might need someone to uh, play on for playing bubbles, and uh, the rest yeah. is history. But yeah, no, it's uh, yeah. But as you said, things like that. I mean, you do get that occasionally in the in the press, don't you? When I know Jurgen Klopp will be writing back to a little kid about stuff and and things like that. So um, it's it's just one of those things. I mean, I I, I just think that's it, it's it's indicative of the modern game now, though, isn't it? I think there's that sort of sort of detachment, you know, particularly from clubs and, and fans. And it, it's a frustration across the board, not just West Ham, but obviously you talk to, I talk to Arsenal fans and Tottenham fans and Chelsea fans. They're the same. Um, it's a shame. It is a real shame, but uh, yeah. And, and and are you intending to pass down the West Ham genes to the rest of the family? That's the question. Well, my, my oldest, my, my stepson, he's 20. And he did go to, his first game was Brighton in the Cup 3-0 when... Um, yeah. Was it around the time we signed Tevez? And I think he played. Yeah, I think it was a, it was a year after the cup final, wasn't it? And we won we won three 0 anyway. I'm sure did Mark Noble score. And we had like Boa Morty playing and people like that. Oh. So we, that was his first introduction. <laughs> we won three 0 and then last year my daughter, one of her friends' dad, was um his work had a corporate season ticket for the London Stadium. Yeah, and he was like, oh, "I'll take you to the Norwich game because that was the first one, and it wasn't really an attractive one to take sort of clients to." So he said, yeah. "Oh, I'll have that and take my daughter and her friend and her dad." So we gone to that, and he's like, "Yeah, with so many old players go in the, the corporate box." So we're in there, and there's like Colton Cole, Hayden Mullins, Brilliant. Christian Daly, and um, Marlon Airwood turned up as well. And I thought, "Oh, that's great! Get the autograph. This is brilliant." And then we're going to get our seat, and I'm like, "No way! There's Tony Cotty." Doing soccer uh, Saturday, and I tried speaking to him before the game, but there was a steward who was a bit like, "Oh no, he won't talk to yeah. me." <clears throat> so I thought I'll oh, do this a bit later. So half time, I popped down and I was like, "Tony, you got a minute?" He went, "Yeah, of course, come over, chat." You know? And then he did all the grass, got a selfie with him. I was like, I was happy. I was a kid in a sweet shop. Yeah, top bloke, isn't he? I mean, that, I mean, he is a really. I mean, we've had him on the channel. He's a lovely bloke. He is, and they all are. All the ex-players are. They're all sound guys, honestly. We haven't had one nasty, not nasty interview with any of them. Or they, you know, they've all been generous with their time. And 
they all love West Ham. They all love the fans. And you get that from everyone, even people who have only been there. Like we interviewed, like we interviewed John Pantsil, love him, um, bless him. And he has this, he has this sort of utopian view of how West Ham fans viewed him. Um, and I let him just carry on with it. He was like, oh, they loved me. They used to do this and they used to do that. And da, 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 da. And okay, I don't remember that, John, but okay, bless you. But he still loved the fact that West Ham fans loved him. I said, maybe a few did, but yeah. Um, but uh, no, it's all good. Speaking of players, nice segue. Let's talk about your Hammers 11. There we go. You huh? see, it's clever. It's just, we, don't just, we don't just throw this show together. We do just throw a show together, but yeah. Um, so, um, so basically, as you said, everyone we had on the channel, we get their habits 11. So we ask them, you know, they pick their 11, but any criteria they want is fine by me. But the only rule is they have to be alive to a scene and play. That's the only rule. Everything else is, everything else is out the window. You play whatever formation you want. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It's all cool, man. So for yours, let's start off in goal, Paul. Who's in goal for the Bass 11? Well, I'll do some mentions as well. Because obviously, Honourable mentions, Since 82, yes. there's been some great keepers. Obviously, yes. He's not in it, but um, the second best for me was Ludo. I think he was just yeah. brilliant. And I, I did love I'm sure it was uh, Andy Gray on Sky Sports he just once said, oh look um, oh, Ludo McCloskey, six foot five jumps five foot four and yeah. uh, like, it was a bit about Ludo on his day, like the man yeah. like, you know, he would be absolutely superb and then like typical West Ham, you play like Barnsley or Bradford or something and it'd be like, really? But no, yeah. I mean Ludo, Ludo was fantastic, he was so commanding as well of his box but for me the top keeper has got to be Parksy Parksy yeah yeah it's a good shout I mean he's a bloke he's a top bloke as well isn't he Parksy as well yeah, by all accounts um, I'm going to do a 4-3-3 three, three, by the way as well 4-3-3 three, right. three. yeah of course you can of course you can. I'm going to make a note so I know 4-3-3 three, three. yeah Parksy top bloke obviously turned 70 over the lockdown time um, 70 gosh it's crazy isn't it um, but yeah top top guy top keeper and um yeah when when this is all when this all, all settles and the dust settles and we can all get back to meeting people we're Ooh. we're doing we're gonna do parksy in his bar he's got a, like a house bar oh, so cool. that'll be awesome that'd be awesome yeah. so yeah right okay my front, my front door now hang on it might be a delivery oh, go and see it. hopefully it's not the um dishwasher man that yeah <laughs> that's like my meme now isn't it the dishwasher man but anyway um for anyone watching, uh, keep an eye out as soon because we're going to be doing um, another charity thing soon um, with uh, all the West Ham YouTubers for Iron Supporting Food Banks for the Christmas Appeal. So keep an eye out for that. Hey, he's back. There we go. Um, that's all right. I was just doing our charity plug because we're doing it. We're going to do a, an Iron Supporting Food Banks again for uh, a Christmas Appeal. So we've done that. Anyway, Park Seat. Yep. Yeah, totally. Yep. Yeah, domineering man. I've got a and, nice uh, story as well. There was, um, go for it. Obviously, years ago, I used to be a junior hammer. Yes. And then... Um, Probably when it when it first started, a guy called Bill Elliott sorted it. Yeah. But um, when Parks had his testimonial week down at um, Sussex Beach Holiday Village, which used to be owned by our esteemed former chairman, Mr. Brown. Oh, of course. Um, he, he was down there with all the players, and Mum took us to it and that. And on one of the days, there was the beat the keeper penalty competition, and the, whoever won it would get to the final at Upton Park. Brilliant. And I only got three out of five, so I missed it by a whisker. But my first penalty, I sent him the wrong way. I was like, yes. <laughs> I used to do me older uh, race. I didn't blast them like Stuart. No, like, no, no one does one anymore now. No one no. does anymore, do they? No one, no one sort of blasts them anymore now. Um, but yeah, he gave them the eyes and went the other side. That's what, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, tried, <laughs> I always did that when I played as well. And it all, most of the time worked. So 
Brilliant. He was a great keeper and you know, in one in the bar one night, you know, just chatting and he was just like a normal bloke and even I was this little like fourteen, fifteen year old at a time of that. He was, you know, he was really top bloke. Just like you knew him all your life nearly. So Yeah, and they all do. And that's that's the one thing that all those ex pros do. They make you seem like you're you're not your special you're special but you know they make you seem like they've known you all your life they're so open and friendly and that's what i love about them all of them they're just brilliant um right we'll put we'll put parksy in i'm making notes so don't forget right parksy's in okay four at the back who's your left back then paul it's not rocket science this one but it's it's dixie yeah yeah good old julian Dix. i mean what that man you know People don't realise again how great he was a player, but just yeah. his driving force and his his passion and his will to win. And yeah, he overstepped it a bit with sendings off, you know, which is probably a bit why he left in the first place. But you know, we weren't the same without him. No, you know, we weren't. Um, and it was such a shame that he, you know, his career got ended because I think he still could have offered more. Um, Definitely. But well, well, I mean, another left, sorry, another left back who was, was good, and it was actually his. Um, testimonial against um bill bow i think it was julian's benefit game kind of yeah, yeah. um and we signed nigel winterburn yeah i'm like oh i'm not sure i'm winterburn i'm in the bobby Moore lower and he literally at one point chased from left back to up front to chase the ball yeah, down. yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought, no i like that guy <laughs> that's all right yeah. you know and obviously we had stuart pierce in his later days you know which we've been renowned for having players at the end of their careers but some of them yeah. still had their good moments you know what I mean? still at it yeah i mean oh, pierce i mean piercy was was hammer of the year the year he came didn't he yeah. um you know we, we, there was that spate of players wasn't there particularly left back it was piercy nigel winterburn chris powell as well yeah. um it's a latter end of their career but they still gave something and they still wanted to play which was great but uh yeah dixie was dixie weren't he it's pretty pretty nailed on isn't it to be honest um Right, okay, so put Dixie in. Let's go right back. Let's go the other side then, Paul. That's Tonka. Tonka. Well, it's got to be for the penalties more than anything, isn't it? Yeah, a lot of people have said who take the penalties. I wouldn't want to try and not separate them to see who. Nah. Would, you know what I mean? But, um, yeah, I mean, Ray Stewart was a top bloke as well. Um, as a junior hammer, they did a, a week-long soccer course at Mile End Stadium. Sure. And he was doing a lot of the coaching, like you said. Uh, John Lyle had all the players doing it because yeah, they did, he did. It from way back in the Greenwood era. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I just one bit sticks with me. We were doing diving headers, and a little I love it as diving headers. And it was <laughs> a five side goal, and um, Ray's put a, a cone either side about a sort of ball's width. Yeah. So whoever gets the first diving header in there is going to win a Mars bar. And you mentioned chocolate to me. I'm, I'm like, I'm having it. So, um, yeah, I'd done it, and I was the first one. And I got my Mars bar. Got your Mars bar, Ray Stewart. Meet him, Ray again. You know what I mean? So, uh, I mean, he was, um, he was a top bloke, and he, he, he gave a lot of his you know, knowledge that week to all of us kids. Yeah. And I know Stuart Slater mentioned him in his. He did, yeah. You know, about how good he was for a pro but it felt like he was just like that for a kid that come along for a half-term football week as well so yeah yeah and and it and that i mean when we interviewed slates that was a really really interesting thing he said you know literally he would you know tonka was every week at the sunday league games watching him he's like it's meant and for a kid as well it's like god this club must really want me if they're their starting right back is watching me every game, you know, and um, yeah, no, he's and and he's a great guy, 
Ray's a great guy. Again, another one we're getting on the channel when we're stopping to do this Zoomy thing. He hates, he hates a Zoomy thing, bless him. Um, but again, could have could have ignored my call, could have ignored my text, but no, he picked it up. We had a chat. We chatted for about two hours about West Ham. Um, top, top bloke. The, the other strange thing was, um, obviously I said about the first game I went to with the penalty yeah. save. The 25th September Man City game, we got a penalty. He had that saved. <laughs> in my first two home games, I've seen him. He probably missed what three, four penalties his whole life. Yeah, and I you thought, put about 60% of them. <laughs> yeah. and it's like, he must have been thinking, don't let that kid in again. <laughs> yeah, I was surprised you could understand what Ray was saying when he was coaching you, though, because he's got the most broadest Scottish accent I've ever I heard. And I still can't understand him. Right, okay, let's go center off. Who's your first center off then? Uh, um, first one I put in is um, Stretch, Alvin Martin. Yep. Brilliant, cultured defender you know, that you can just in the West Ham mould of your Bobby Moores, you know, mm. and then obviously later in time, your Rios that come through. You know, we do love a centre-half that can play. Yeah, we do. You know, and, and don't get me wrong, Alvin put it about a bit, and there was a game at Tottenham where he was covered in blood, Definitely. my brother Steve was at that, and he said, you know, you couldn't see the bandage that was white because the amount of blood coming out from it. And yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just, um, he was the top bloke as well, meeting a lot of um, junior hammer things. And at his testimonial against Spurs, they reprinted a picture from a junior hammers meeting that I was in and he was Brilliant. in it. I was like, Brilliant. can you sign that? And everyone's like, why are you getting that signed? Because that's me. Because it's me, yeah. <laughs> of course, why not? Oh, that's brilliant. I love stuff like that. I think it's brilliant, man. I love, I love the fact that all those little stories, because that's what's great about this show. You get those little stories and you get those little anecdotes and it's really something personal to you, but yeah. it shows, gives you, you know, an idea of the man. And uh, yeah, top, top bloke, Alvin. Is, um, to think about how his son David come into the side at Chelsea. Beautiful, right. wasn't it? I mean, there's been was... many grown man cry over that day, not just Alvin. No. I mean, we were all, because it was just meant to be, I think. It was beautiful, and it, and it just brought back a bit of what people moaned about. Do you know what I mean? They, you know, it's like, and again, not just West Ham, but modern football, you know, that sort of passion, that family community connection, that moment itself, Alvin and David, like, hugging, was beautiful for those two reasons. It was West Ham, but family as well. And it was like Alvin's both two worlds joining together, you know, his professional life in terms of his, his son and... His, his, his development and playing in the Premier League, that was his dream. But to play for West Ham, his boyhood, beautiful, beautiful yeah. moment. And I was glad it happened. And Someone he couldn't even write it, you know what I mean? Yeah, even you couldn't yeah. write it, Paul, in your, in your play you're writing about now. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> nice drop. I like that. Right, okay, Alvin's in. Where, what's the play about then, Paul? Um, basically, it was originally going to be based on sort of Dylan Tombides and his um, testicular cancer fight. Yeah, sure. About, about a young player going through that. But it's turned into a different, darker side, the dark underbelly of football that's sort of come out in the last few years with mm. the the coaches and you know, one particular coach. Sure. Um, but I've got, I've, you know, it's, um, it's at a stage where it's kind of finished, but I'm now developing it to a screenplay. Oh, cool. There's um, obviously no theatres are on, so nah. try and get it in a different sort of medium out there and, you know, see what if we can get anywhere but i've got i've got a lot of people that have actually when i write stuff i get people that have been involved in the actual thing that it's about because i write a lot of yep. true stuff sure. um i've got a couple of the guys that you know, were um, young kids at the time 
um, mm. around that certain coach. You know what yep. I mean? So, but not to be able to do too dark. But no, but it's in- it'd be interesting. It'd be interesting. But that's good, man. And, and again, it's like it's this. Was it Corona creativity? They call it, isn't it? Where it's like people have had time. You've got nothing to think about about going shopping because you can't go shopping or anything like that, and it's just opened up this extra. And you can see how creative people are being, and whether it's YouTube or whatever, or you know, playwriting and or yeah. learning the ukulele or whatever. You know, it's um, it's it's brilliant. Or, or even baking. Yeah, you know, I love, I, you know I love a bit of baking. Best bit of baking is eating it after. It is. It is the best bit. About, although when, although I did do, I make, I made. Uh, what did I make? And I always poison my wife. Um, uh, baguettes. So I made oh. French. I made, made baguettes, and I must have used a, a tea towel which I had disinfected the side with, and then I put it over the top of the tea t- where you waiting, waiting for the last proof. Um, and she's like, "It's lovely. It's really crispy, and like you can see all the holes, but it's got a slight." I was like yeasty, no detoy taste to it, and I was like, ah. "Oh dear." Anyway, we 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 diverge as always, right? So Alvin's in. Who is yeah. Alvin going to partner in the centre then, mate? Bonzo. Bonzo. Yeah. Talking about another man crying. There we go, Bonzo. Oh, I mean, it was about time that the club did something for that man. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, well it was overdue. A shame it took so long, but at least it wasn't after he passed away or anything. No. Like some of our grapes. Yeah. You know, and not just us, a lot of other clubs only do things when people pass on. Yeah, post, when post they're, when they're there. Um, Definitely. What what a man, what a player, what mm. a legend. Um, obviously, he became manager sort of probably reluctantly, but you know, mm. the day of the um, 91 Cup semi-final, I played in the Cup semi-final in the morning, got absolutely spanked. We were 3-0 <laughs> up and lost 8-4. Come back and watch West Ham get beat 4 0 by Forrest and just hearing that crowd. Busy Bonds, Yeah, is. mental. What other team does that? Exactly. And and obviously we've interviewed a few people who played in that game and uh they were half embarrassed and half proud because mm. half embarrassed because they'd lost four nil. Um and half proud because of how that how their fans behaved in that, that game. And it could have turned nasty easily, you know, that with the, with the sending off. I mean, I mean if he'd slates he's <laughs> slates he's like still like sitting there like still fuming about it thirty years on, do you know what I mean? But uh yeah, it was a, a special day for which showed West Ham in all their glory, in the, the good side. So um that's why they were but yeah and and Bonzo I mean Bonzo's yeah fantastic man you know I mean even when he got the stand named after him he still looks fit enough to do a job yeah I'd probably beat team. everyone in the race still wouldn't he in the old yeah pre-season run yeah he was, and Haynall, yeah he definitely just, he was just phenomenal and um, he was other than obviously the dressing room memory there was a game against Villa I think 1983 and he was up against Peter Wyvern in the centre circle and they clashed and yeah. Clive Thomas, the Welsh ref, who was, you know, a fair but hard and people didn't really like him. But we thought, oh, this is going to kick off. He's going to send them off because they're like face to face. Yeah. And suddenly next to you, know, Bonzo and Peter Wiv just go off dancing. And it yeah. was just... It's just brilliant. It's on YouTube somewhere, I think. It is. Like, it is. Someone showed it to you, yeah. But it is exactly... Is... It's what you said about the characters and, like, stuff like that wouldn't happen now. It's too professional, you know. And it's not... They're disrespecting people before. They're not saying they weren't professional because they were, but it's almost like uber professional. Do you know what I mean? It's like everything. The personality is all very sterile, and mm-hmm. you wouldn't get that. You 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 wouldn't get Jordan Henderson and Jack Grealish get walking hand in hand down. The, you know, 
and it's Good. a shame because why not? You know, it's a, football is an entertainment. It is a sport, but we need to be entertained. Particularly now, more than ever, we need to be entertained. Um, and and now they just do it with their feet, which is great. But West Ham fans like a bit of personality. And I think talking to a guy the other day about it, I think West Ham as a team have a very have probably the most personality. They've got a lot. They've got a lot of personality there. You know, Antonio. You know, crashing his car as dressed as a snowman. You know, Snoddy's always up for a laugh. Right. Mark. You know, you've got um, Dex always up for a giggle. You know, it's, it's even Pablo Fornells, bless him. You know, when he was on Twitter and singing bubbles, as you know, they're they're actually a good bunch of lads. And I think you know, with people like Nolan and 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 Stuart Pierce and Alan Irvine and Boise, you've got a real nice personality. Not to the extreme of monks and bish and no. and ruddock and stuff but it ain't bad it ain't bad in in you know, it's probably more exciting than i don't know arsenal for example the arsenal, you, you can or tell the, they're together you know I mean? yes exactly you it's can tell it's a real togetherness and that's what we want exactly i mean you saw that picture jose Mourinho took uh on his uh instagram or twitter after the game that literally all the players were in, individually on phones you know yeah. they just won a match it's like you know what's modern football but you see them all come out with their silly headphones and like they're all everyone's in headphoned up in it nowadays but um anyway off my soapbox right okay that's your back four right we've got three midfield uh, then paul who's your first midfielder there mate i was on on the left side it'd be dev yeah and, nice yeah. what can what can i say that hasn't been said yeah just Top impossible to, uh, when you saw that man in in flow which mm. obviously before his injury against Wigan, that I still remember to this day, you know, thinking, "Oh my God, will he ever come back?" And yeah, I mean, he just excited people. He got, I mean, he was standing in, but he got most people off their seats nowadays. If he was in yeah. this era, you know, he would, like I say, what would he be worth? Oh. Astronomical amounts of money because he could just beat people just by looking at them. And yeah, they'd just be running a mile and. You know, it's when we've had the players we've had over the years, I think, yeah, I'm proud that he was West Ham. You know, you sort of think that with Devonshire because sure. you know, he, he was just superb. Different class, different class, yeah. wasn't he? You know, and also, you know, like nowadays when a player gets injured, so, you know, let's, let's, let's talk about Antonio. So Antonio gets injured and we know he's going to get injured and be out for a few weeks every sort of three or four months. That's what he does. But obviously Devonshire had that horrific injury and most people wouldn't have come back. And he obviously had to come back and reinvent himself as a player. Football so one-dimensional, it seems now. So like Michael Owen, for example. Michael Owen, he once his hamstring went, that was it. He was buggered as a career because he couldn't adapt his game. It was all about pace. Whereas Dev had to become a different player and reinvent himself completely. And just shows that how you know the makeup of the man that he could do that. And um, oh, yeah, it's brilliant. Brilliant. Lovely bloke and and a top top guy and you know obviously I think I think he's at Maidenhead now I think they're, they're starting to get a few wins on the belt now so uh, yeah lovely guy although he's rubbish at technology though that's <laughs> he had to get his wife to sort out his Zoom call with me but yeah oh bless him uh, right we we'll put Dev in uh, and as you said like like what would he be worth how much would we pay for him I mean, so we paid five grand for him then you know who would afford him if it, in modern days terms you know how good he was and what what is great is you can speak to fans of other clubs and you mentioned Alan Devonshire again they go to superb player yeah yeah no nobody ever wears their own clubs tinted specs they just if they're a football fan which you mm. know most of us are if, if 
even if we got beat by Tottenham, if they played well. And I've got Tottenham yeah. friends, I'd say they played well, they deserved it. I know yeah. I might get backlash here, but... No, no but, but you would do. I mean, it's... Yeah. You, pre- you appreciate football at the end yeah. of the day. You want to see it for you more often than not, yeah. But if you see a bit of genius, you know, not yeah. we, you know, we've been lucky enough, we, we've had some geniuses in, yeah, our, we have, yeah. in our time. No. So you, you just appreciate them whether they're for you or against you. So. And as a West Ham fan, as you said, we appreciate good football. We always have appreciate good football. So if there's a player who's good and not necessarily in the claret and blue, you know, so for me, it was Thierry Henry. When Thierry Henry was in his pomp, that, that sort of two or three years where he was, I remember going and you'd watch him and I remember him up to part. He would, he, he was skate. It was almost like he was ice skating across the pitch. It was that elegant. It was such an elegant player. Um, you know, obviously we had our own little one in Freddie Canute, who I was, you know, when he it was like, yes, here we've got, our, we've got our Henri, then he buggers off. Um, but uh, yeah, we, we appreciate good football, don't we? If the team plays, plays them off the park, but as long as we play, we've had a go, yeah. then we're not going to go, oh, fair enough. They've got, well, you know, they've got better players. They paid yeah. hundreds of million pounds worth of players for the yeah, fair play. But, you know, it's uh, it's when they don't give it, in it? That's why, you know, if we get beat and we don't put 100% in. That's something which I think is quite good with the Moyes game, it seems now. We all seem to be putting the shift in and the guys he's brought in particularly. Right, okay, let's put uh, Dev on the left. Let's go. Uh, who's the next one? Let's go for I, next I, one. I haven't actually got a hard man in midfield, so my I'm quite attack minded. My hard nice. men are at the back, obviously. Nice, but now in, in the middle, I'll have um Brookin. Oh, yeah, Sir Trev, Sir, Sir Trev, Sir Trev Brookin, top I mean, bloke. Another one, you know, like people say, you know, he can beat people without even touching the ball because he just let it run across him. And mm. you think of um, way back against Derby, the goal of the season he got at the baseball ground, I think 75, 76 or something. From a throw in, it just ran across him. He beat his man and boom. I mean, he had everything, left foot, right foot. Yeah. What a shame that he wasn't in that 85, 86 side. Yeah. Because imagine if we had that, his guy in there as well. Yeah. No disrespect to Alan Dickens, but... No, of course Alan, not. Alan Dickens was a Trevor Brooking type player. He had that, that yeah. same kind of vision and stuff. Um but if Brookin was in there, I think we oh. easily would have won that. Yeah. But, but also, the who did we interview? I think it was Waldy. We interviewed Waldy, and he said uh, he was talking about the 85, 86, and then he was doing his, his 11. Yeah. And he and uh, he said, I know I didn't play with it, but I'd have put, I, I knew Julian, he said, I put Julian Dix left back. He said, if we had Julian Dix left back, we'd have won that league. No problem at all because he reckoned that was the only piece of the parcel. You know, no disrespect to, to Steve Wolford and, and Georgie and stuff like that, but that was the one. It's the same you said if Brookin was in that middle instead, who knows? And that's what I love about West Ham because we've never won bugger all. Well, yeah, a few FA Cups and you know, not not, not in the recent history. Our whole life is what ifs. You know, what ifs? What if? Uh, you know, what if? Pa- what if? Uh, yeah, Payet wasn't injured halfway through our season. That season, what could have happened? You know, it's like. As Trevor Sinclair, I mean, interviewed Trev, Trevor Sinclair, he said the same thing. We would have probably, we could have been Champions League if Harry didn't let us go out on the piss every Tuesday night. You know, that's what I love. Yeah. That. Right. Okay. Brookings in. So Trevor's in. Who is next? All right. This one is tricky because obviously you just mentioned Trevor Sinclair. But um, another one I've got is Isle Berkovich. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm kind of torn between the two because I love Trev. Yeah, I think he was just awesome, and his impact straight away with his two goals on his debut, and yep. just his en- endless running and his his versatility at times. Yeah, 
probably just for his eye again for a pass and his little creative Berkovic I'd put in. Yeah, 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 definitely. It's diff different player, but yeah. yeah. First time I see him play was um, Steve Potts' testimonial yeah. against QPR. And like I said, players get you off your seat. Berkovic picked up in our half, our side of the centre circle, and straight away, um, me and everyone around me was just vroom, because yeah. you knew something was going to happen. Mm. And you know, he would run at people and see a pass, and you know, he set up how many of Hartson's oh. around that one. Right. It's funny enough, literally, we're doing, um, as I said, we're doing one of our new series we're coming up is sort of player profiles where we sort of pick like Steve, like Steve Potts's and maybe Lampard seniors. And, and one of them we're doing is going to be John Hartson and, um, Martin, who I do, who does the announcing at West Ham. Um, he's a, he's put together a, Eclipse package of John Hartson's goals. I was watching it yesterday and literally it's pretty much. Berkovic pass, Harson kick, yep. and he used to hit. And Harson used to hit the ball so hard, the keeper would actually get it quite often. But it would go through his hands and through his legs. But it's always a Berkovic ball or a little dink or something like that. It was a, a great player, great great player. Um, would have would have walked into any top four side now. Do you know what I mean? Um, very much sort of David Silver esque. You know, just like cuts, very stylish. But you know, I just think he was he was great. Um, and he's probably the only player, actually him and Dev are probably the only two players out of your team that if you saw him walking down the street, you wouldn't necessarily recognise them. Because everyone else looks like how they did, apart from Dev, bless him. And Eyal, bless him. It doesn't look, uh, looks a bit different. The years, yeah, haven't been kind to him. Right, okay, let's go. Let's so go up front. I'll just do some quick mentions for go, me. Of course too. you can. Of course you can. I would have had to, if I went 4 4 2, I probably would have put Trevor in. Yeah. Because I think he was blinding. Um, there was unsung heroes like Jeff Pike. Yeah, back in the day, and you know he he scored a couple of tappings, but he did score some great goals as well. Um, yeah, he did. It was one against Arsenal. I think it was three 0 or three one, and we were getting ready to go because it was right near the end. We started walking out of the North Bank, and then suddenly just knew it was going to happen, and bang, it yeah. was just it was brilliant. And we never well, left had, games early much. No, nah, well, he had that he had that goal with him and Wardy, weren't it? Uh, Man United, or the the the, uh, the well, it was it was the, the training ground goal, but it wasn't. Um, it was a complete fluke. But but for, nah. it was a short man, and that was a great towering header, wasn't it? I mean, it was. Um, it really was. But yeah, Jeff Pike um, was brilliant. George Paris. Um, yeah, he, he was versatile as well. He played in midfield at the back and stuff, and. Um, the Chelsea away game when he's marauding down the left, setting up oh, Cotty, and yeah. just you know that that man had sort of West Ham in his blood as well, and he did, all yeah. the passion and the, the fun of Antonio. You could he played with a smile again. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you know, it's people like that, and um, like that. the last one I'll mention is um, Liam Brady because the yeah. little time we had him, he was superb. Because <clears throat> I lived down in Kent, and Gillingham was my sort of local club that we lived near. We played them in a few friendlies and one year he scored a peach of a free kick and the friends we went with, she went, oh, I'm a member of the social club. We're going and saying hello. I was like, yeah, well. Yes. They're having their after match meal. Ian Brady's eating his, like, his chicken pasta or whatever. I'm like, great goal, mate. He's like, oh, thank you. Cheers, yeah. Thank you very much. <laughs> and um, I asked all away in the um, cup when Leroy Rosenia scored. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, Liam Brady loved that, but me and my brother were there and we could, you could see us. We watched them. Um, Said to mum, quick, you've got to take sports night because we won. So we went home and then just kept rewinding the video. I'm like, there we are. There's us. There we are, yeah. <laughs> no, that was a great night. And that's nice, isn't it, when you do that? I mean, too often in, in recent years, I, I've come home from a game and, and you know, unseries linked match of the day, 
before I've even had my curry. You know, for 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 the court for the for the tikka masala's ever been opened. You know, uh, and then the wife just knows straight away that we've had an absolute stinker that day. Um, yeah, and that's fun, isn't it? Trying to find yourself in the crowd and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. that's good fun, man. Uh, right. Okay. So, right, we'll put Berkovich in. We write that down. So we're gonna have three up front then. So who we get first? Then Paul. Paolo Di Canio. Ah, oh, Mr. Di Canio. Where I said about players being great, even if they were for other teams. Yeah. First time I saw him, we played Wednesday at home. And we won with a, a late Kitson goal. But mm. Di Canio and they had that pet of Rudy at the same time. Yeah, yeah. I was sitting in a chicken run that day. And um, obviously that could be quite, even you know, in that time, people were still quite critical and let people know. If, you know but people yeah. around were just, stand up applauding the man they're playing against us because he was just brilliant and to have him then come to us obviously it was only because of that referee incident which um, Paul Walcott used to be the manager of a shopping centre in Maidstone and me and my dad used to clean the place there and we used to see him most mornings and I was like I really want to wear a West Ham top especially when we had Di Canio with us but but bless him I think he passed away a couple of years ago uh, I think so. Yeah, I think it was something like that. I remember seeing. Yeah, but no, he he was a nice guy, and he would always say hello and stuff. And it was really unfortunate what happened, but you know, he got us to Canio and what a player! What Wimbledon goal, other things. You know, Tony Carr's testimonial. He's done yeah. five people. He was going in, and some young upstart kicked it on the line to go in. I'm like, no, that was Paolo's goal. It was. You no, know, why? How can you do that to the man? Do you know who that man is? Oh, and he's still at it then. Oh, amazing player. And, it, and, and we talk about, about entertaining and like little things like Bonzo, you know, you know, hand in hand. And that was Paolo, wasn't it? He had like, he was, he could entertain you with his feet, but also he could entertain you with just him, you know, and his, his, his characteristics and his charisma. And, um, Oh, he was, yeah, you're right. We would never would have got him. And, but also in the same way, if he didn't push that referee over, he may not have had the, the Premier League accolades and the Premier League career that, he deserved because obviously, he came, as you said, he was good at Sheffield Wednesday. He wasn't sort of headline news, um, but he came to West Ham and became, you know, a Premier League great. You know, you talk about the, the great foreign imports on Premier League, you know, obviously Bergkamp, Omri, Zola. He's he's in that mix, you know, and so, and, he's, and he just loves the club. He absolutely loves the club. The club love him. And uh, yeah, he's just brilliant. You, you'd pay your season ticket just to watch him, wouldn't you? Yeah, really? Yeah. Loved the man, absolutely loved him. Right, okay, Mrs. DeCanio is in, and also I love a play of a good song. Do you know what yeah. I mean? That's when you know, you know, because I was, you know, there's certain players who have a good song, and it just, and it just worked. It just fitted him so well. He loved it as well. There was a story when I think it was Mick Clifford when I interviewed him. He, he was waiting for him to interview Paolo, and all we could hear for forty minutes in the showers was someone whistling the Paolo DeCanio song, and it was him whistling his own bloody song. <laughs> but you know, you could expect that, Paolo, wouldn't it? Mm. Right, okay, Paolo's in. Who is next, then, Paul? And I have the, the best poacher I've ever seen in my time as a fan, Cotty. Yeah, he sees his no, debut goal against Tottenham. What more can you ask for for any West Ham player? But as exactly. a kid. Know, who had such a such high hopes and it just showed how, how well John Lyle knew football that he could mm. throw a 17 year old in on New Year's Day against Spurs and that would happen and you know, he became what he became for us you know. <clears throat> I think he was just brilliant you know. yeah. Any anything around that box that was his 
And um, it took me a long time to meet him. But like I say, last season mm. at the Norwich game, we won 2-0. And uh, that was that put the, the icing on the cake for me, yeah. meeting Tony. Yeah, top guy. Top bloke. And he's a fan. And yeah, and I think there's something to be said about players who play for their boyhood club. Um, you know, like with Mark now and, and, and TC and... You know, he's a proper fan and obviously we've interviewed him and he's obviously a real stats man and you know so i had to make sure i got all his goals right and and i didn't i fucked i bugger that one thing i think okay i think i said he had seven england caps he had eight or i said eight he had seven something like that um but no yeah top top bloke and as you said we've never we ever since him we haven't had a, a goal scorer like him although nowadays we were talk. i can't remember i was talking to him on a, a previous episode we were saying that maybe the Tony Cotty poacher goal scoring role isn't 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 used in the modern game because like you think anyone who scores goals now they're not Tony Cotty esque they're you know even people like Vardy he's not a, a goal poacher even Danny Ings isn't a goal poacher Mikel Antonio isn't a goal you know they they they're almost like a front man and they're forward rather than a, a striker and that's what TC yeah. was he was a striker probably the last one we had of that would be probably Hernandez maybe Chicharito. Defoe, you know, but we, they're not in the modern game. Oh, Defoe is obviously playing at Rangers, yeah. but they're not, no big team has a, has a poacher anymore now. So it's yeah. it's a shame because there's something special about a guy who's going to not score a goal outside the 18-yard box, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. And you just know he's there, but that fox-in-the-box role, um, no, it's just not around anymore. It's like the free role as well. You don't see many players having a free role. They're all like put into positions and uh, again i think you you, lo- you lose a lot of yes yeah, like i mean you just lose a lot of creativity because of that it's like something like jack greenish in a free role that's his role that's what he should be doing but yeah anyway we're just slating off modern football even more okay right okay so can you cotty there's one more spot paul there's one more yeah. spot who are we going to have from from that great the greatest team of my era the 85 86 frank mcavenny the mac man yeah and like I say with that picture with Alvin Martin at the Junior Hammers meeting. Yeah. Bill Bill Elliott, the old guy that organised, said, Oh, do you want a picture that? You know, come here. And I, obviously I knew the players that were at the meeting. Yeah. And I felt a hand on my shoulder and looked back and it's McAvenny and I'm like, this is yeah. And I remember looking up at him trembling, think saying, Yeah, what was your favourite goal? And he said, Oh, my first one for the club against QPR. Yeah. And yeah, it was only like a few weeks before. But he was there, Alan Dickens and Alvin Martin and you know, me and these five other kids, and they all look quite, yeah. quite sort of um, normal. Because I was, my mum used to always give us skinheads, and I'm there. I'm looking like a member of the like ICF or something, yeah. <laughs> like, like this at the front with, with Macca. And I was like, to, to meet the um, the greatest strike force we've had in my my era, but obviously 30, 30 odd years apart was just brilliant. Yeah, if I could have met them both together, that would have been. Even better, but yeah, McAvenny, you know, man who the impact he had in that season, and you know, I mean, as, as a young lad as well, sort of seeing beautiful women, he'd always yeah. have one of his arm walking into the ground, and you know, exactly, you know, yeah. I've seen that lady somewhere before, early in the newspaper. Yeah, that. it was one of the one of the front three pages, I think it was in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But he was, yeah. I mean, it, and, and he was like probably the first. You know, because obviously, you know, famously, obviously, you know, Moore and Pete, I mean, they had sort of, you know, obviously him and him and his wife, they had like that sort of TV personality around them. Yeah. But Macca was probably the first like playboy at West yeah. Ham. Do you know what I mean? Like modern play. 
and he was brilliant, wasn't he? Just like he had everything about him. And I think we interviewed, I think it was Sam Delaney I interviewed, and he, he'd he heard about this guy. No, he hadn't heard about this guy. Um, he went to an Orient, I think he played Orient in a pre-season friendly, and he was playing. And he thought he was Italian because, like, he thought he was pronounced Machiavellian, you know, and it was like, <laughs> and he had this sort of, like, blonde Adonis-like hair and yeah. uh, <laughs> playing in the midfield then, obviously, because that's what he was when he was bought for. And, again, just shows you the, how weird football is. You know, one one injury, Goddard yeah. going out and, and La pushing, you know, Macca into, from a 10 to a striker role. Yeah. And the rest was history, weren't it? And he was, a, again, a top, top bloke. And has any time you know although he always plays bloody golf though every time we try and call him he's either on the field or he's cut off the green or just about to come on the green honestly yeah you know it's like <laughs> that's one of the things i've learned from doing this channel the last five months is how much golf footballers do play i always yeah. thought it was like a just a bit of a oh yeah but they all play golf all the bloody time i'm surprised they get a chance to anything else but yeah Macca is just a man weren't he just a total Total gentleman, and um, and obviously he does all the circuits, doesn't he? He does all the, um, I think we've yeah we've had, we've had uh, Len Herbert from Morderville Promotions, and they've got one soon with uh, him and Wardy, which should be good at giggle in Frinton. Uh, tickets still available, I believe. Um, so <laughs> anyway, uh, right as backer, Paul, man, it's been it's been lovely, it's been lovely chatting Thank to you. Much. Really, really interesting stories, and and that's what I like about interviewing people is like. It's those, as I said, those little anecdote stories where yeah, you're a kid and you meet this player and that player. That's what it's all about, isn't it? That's what yeah. football's all about. It's about memories, man. With um, um, last two mentions for striker. go for it. Go on, yeah. Obviously, I love Paul Goddard. Yeah, but you know, from when I first started sporting him, and then um, one other that was so close to being him was um, Dino Ashton. Yeah. Who I've put some things on Twitter, and he always retweets stuff. I'm like, he does, oh, yeah. Cool. Like you say about the interaction and stuff. But, yeah, um, I, I'm pretty sure his last game for before his injury was the Gillingham testimonial for Andy Hessenthaler. Quite possibly, yeah. And then he got called up for England, and then he got the injury. And I'm sure it was, but him. And then we had like um, I think we had Harewood and Cole and Sheringham there, and the, the, the people up front, you know, and the the, the sort of class that was there. But you know, they come around afterwards, and they was in in one of the stands there. Um, and to think you know, he never really became the player that we all knew he could have been. Yeah. And he, he probably knew he, he was as well. But what a loss for West Ham and England and football in general. Cause oh, definitely. He had everything. But he, he, was, he was close. It's just that 85, 86 season. And then obviously the Kenya did keep him out. So, Well, I mean, the 85, 86 season, I mean, I think I mean, we interviewed TC. With UTC, he said something like there's still 17 club records or something like that, um, yeah. which is mental considering how much, how many years we've been on, you know, since then. Um, yeah. And it's like it's slightly worrying as well. The fact it is, it's been so long since we've, we've you know, most home wins, most Challenge. away wins. Yeah. So, um, but we never know. We never know. This could be mm. our year, Paul. Every Living year could home. be our year. You never know. Yeah. That's the thing with West Ham. It's so unpredictable. That's why I love them. That's why I love them. So just think, as you said, we always keep us entertained and we, God, we need some entertainment at the moment. So uh, hopefully that continues, mate. But anyway, it's been lovely, Paul. Thank you so much. I appreciate shipping your kids out for, for an hour or so. So that's always good. Um, and uh, you might have a couple of minutes to yourself. <laughs> That'd be nice. Although, Quick cuppa, though the wife will say, "What have you been up to?" Yeah. Uh, that's what, that was me. That's always me. So, my wife you, hates football. 
Oh, okay. yeah. Well, that's what my wife said to me. So if I'm in the house on my own, and maybe I do an interview, and she'll come in and say, so what have you been up to? What have you been up to then? Uh, well, I've just been watching a bit of telly. Couldn't have put the hoover around. Couldn't have put the washing in. I was like, and then and then if it's the other way around, she'll be watching Netflix and, yeah. I don't know, Australian Married at First Sight or something like that. But, uh, it's been the, um, the Liverpool Cup final. We'd, we'd booked a son holiday. Yes. We booked it months before. Went on that in Norfolk. And we got there, it was cup final day. And we went with friends and my mates like, you can't watch it. I was like, I am. West Ham are never in the cup final, mate. We're watching it. So we're in this, the pub there watching it. That, it was literally me and about 87 Liverpool fans, it felt. Yeah. And the banter was great. Um, gets to um, 90 minutes, he's like, let's go. I'm like, no, you're talking about it. It's extra time. Extra time comes. Let's go. No, no, no. no. Mike, we're watching it. Got to penalties. And still watching. Obviously, we, it didn't end yeah. how we wanted. And then I applied the wife with a few sort of dub, double or quadruple Baileys that night. Yeah. And then for a laugh, we're going back to the caravan. I said, oh, we'll watch your eyelids later. But no, <laughs> I, even I couldn't do that because it was it was a hard day. But it was that was the last great cup final for me. For, yeah. for, for And probably for a neutral. And to yeah, hear, definitely. Oh, I'm forever playing bubbles and you'll never walk alone. The two best football anthems side by side. You, you're never going to get that for a while, maybe. Nah. No, no, no. I, mean, I think everyone agrees it's probably the last great cup final we've had. And that was, you know, 14 years ago. You know what I mean? It's it's just a shame. Um, but yeah, that was great. Yeah, yeah, it was just a crazy day, wasn't it? That whole day was just crazy. Uh, and walking out thinking you, you know, that, that, I don't think it's ever happened when we've walked out. And we, and we've, I still think we've won. Do you know what I mean? It's almost like we still thought we've won. It was like, and like all the Liverpool fans are coming up to you and shaking your hand and saying, you know, we, we nicked that one. We stole that one. And it's like, fair play you know and again it was it was the right teams playing each other you know they've got yeah. liverpool they had like a mutual respect for each other um and it just worked if it was west ham tottenham and that happened it would have been like awful or chelsea or arsenal but it just worked with liverpool and west ham um and also because we played them like a week before and they'd kicked off and obviously we'd lost hayden and they'd lost garcia and yeah, yeah anyway Oh dear! Thanks. Nice depressing end to the video. Cheers, Paul. Sorry. No, thank you. No, thank you. <laughs> it's all about memories. But thank you so much. And obviously, thank you to everyone for for watching. Um, if you watch it on YouTube, or if you listen to it on Apple iPod, Apple iPod, Apple, Apple Podcast, Spotify, Google, whatever. Give it a like. Give it a share. Um, and until next time, for me and Paul, take care, everyone. Stay safe. Wash those hands. Come in your wines, and we'll see you again very, very soon. Take care, everyone. See you. Bye bye. Yeah. Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.